Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, uh, we are going to be talking about artist residencies. Uh, This has been a uh, much-awaited topic of discussion, Um, and uh, I'm here, of course, with Rebecca Kroll, and I think I'm just going to let you take it away. All right. Hello, everyone. Yes, I've had a lot of questions about artist residencies over the years from my students and workshops and my friends, and I've done quite a few of them myself. So I don't, I don't have a huge, broad experience. Mine have been limited to a handful of places, but I've talked to people that have done other ones and different ones, and it's always interesting. So I'll just kind of, I just want to give kind of an overview of what they are and where they are and and what you might consider if you're interested in participating in one. So what they are, are places around the world, and I think many, many, many countries have them, and they're they're set up where uh, for artists to go and work and to be to be in a place that respects their need for solitude for work, and um, they they vary a great deal, but that's what they have in common. And they can be run privately. They can be run by foundations, by governments, by all sorts of backing. And so it's hard to generalize about them, other than they are lovely little bubbles of opportunity for artists to get away from their daily lives and explore their work. And so as far as where they are, as I mentioned, all over the world, and there's a very good website, and we'll put this up on Facebook and and on our other information about the podcast, but it's called um, R-E-S-A-R-T-I-S, Res Artis, and it it lists oh, hundreds of these places, and it, it also gives you deadlines. It gives you filters, so you can say you're only interested in a certain type, and then it'll bring those up. And we'll put a link to this place in the uh, in the show notes page, right? And the description for this episode for anybody who's looking for it. Yeah, and so you know it, there are there's a huge variety of of how these things are set up. They can differ in terms of how much does it cost you, the artist? So sometimes you pay something uh, to to go. You may pay a daily fee for your residency and your uh, studio. And usually they're, it's not high. It's not like you would pay a hotel or something. It's usually more, much more reasonable. And then they, they differ in uh, how long you stay. And some of them have a certain requirement that you're there for a certain amount of time. Or there's sort of a, a package. You come for a month or something. Uh, some would be shorter, some longer. Uh, the type of place you stay is all over the place. I was looking at something online this morning, and there was one in a treehouse. <laughs> So, where, where was that one? I don't remember, but uh, it it just they can be. Uh, there's another one on a uh, some sort of a boat. I mean, they're they're just uh, painting on a boat seems challenging. <laughs> it does. So most of them, of course, are more standard. You'll have somewhere to live, usually a private accommodation, maybe just a room, maybe a share, um, a bathroom, kitchen, whatever, or you have your own privacy. And some type of studio, and this can range from a corner of the room to a lovely, you know, huge skylit studio. So it, it's just they're they're very variable in that way. They also uh, some of them 
say, we really want you to come by yourself because we want you to, to have complete autonomy here. And others will say, you know, you're here for six weeks or eight weeks. If you want to bring your spouse or other family members or a friend, you go right ahead. And so those that varies too. Um, how I, I know I, I saw at least one where they said, your spouse is welcome, but both of you, or your spouse or your partner, but both of you have to be accepted on your own merits as artists. So there's, you just have to look them up and read about each one and think about what's important to you. And I'll get into that um, in a little bit. So they usually involve um, a proposition of a project of some sort. Not all of them do. Some of them say, we just want you to come and enjoy it. And I, there's one I've been to that says, we don't care if you actually work at all. I mean, we're just giving you this gift. And if you choose to work in your studio, good for you. If you don't, that's okay, too. Maybe you just need a rest, you know. <laughs> Others will be very uh, specific about a project and an outline. And so, again, it depends on your approach as an artist, what appeals to, uh, to you in that way. And the, but they'll all require some sort of application, usually with some references and background. But you don't have to be... Um, well-known or... Well-known or exhibiting or, you know, you don't have to have some huge resume at all. That's a lot of times not really part of it. They, they will judge you on your work sample most of the time. So you'll be giving them images of your work. So it's not, in some ways, it's not all that different from uh, applying to any other kind of like grant or, right. um, you know, gallery, although galleries maybe want a little bit more of that kind of resume info. Um Right. And and it's hard to know how exactly you're being selected. And some of the ones I've been to, I got into them. Other people I know got into them. And some really good people did not get into them. And I, I don't know. You're sort of left wondering, I guess, as you say, with any sort of competitive situation, what they're looking for. Because they don't always say. Well, an art is so subjective to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, if you do, you apply and you get rejected, it is likely that there's just something about you that doesn't seem like a good fit. And, and they they have their own perspective, so they may recognize something that you don't uh, when you apply. And so, Have you ever not gotten into one and given been given some kind of reason for it? Or um, The only one I applied for and didn't get into, I don't believe there was a reason. And okay. it was it was in uh, New Mexico years ago, but um, you know, in in later years when I've gotten to know a little bit more about residencies, I can see that one probably wouldn't have been quite right for me. So um, sometimes the wisdom of the people that are involved in it is worth respecting, but other times you just need to try again because maybe out of the pool of people that they were looking at they were just choosing different people. So it's like anything else you can try again if you, if you didn't make it and you've got one that you really want to go to. So I think why to do this is another big question. <laughs> and I would say they are very uh, life-changing experiences and they're, they're work-changing experiences because you will experience things that you could never know ahead of time. Oftentimes people do these in, in other countries so you're going to be in a different culture and you're going to be, if there are other artists there, and that's another way they differ. Some of them are very 
solitary or maybe a, a handful of other artists there. And some of them are huge and some of them are multidisciplinary. So there might be people there that are doing music or writing as well as visual art. Well, and I suppose some of them are rural and some of them are in urban settings. Absolutely. There's everything you can think of. And so you, you're going to have experiences that will absolutely change your way of thinking and change your way and change your work because you're going to bring things back with you in your memories, in your experiences that are going to keep affecting your work after you leave. And I think you just enter into it with the idea that this is going to be big. <laughs> There's no way it's not going to be big. So um, I think for the artist, the benefits for the artist is that undisturbed work time that I, I, I used the word bubble before, and that is how, always how I feel when I'm at one of these places. It's I know the rest of the world is going on, and I know I, I usually have some internet, so I'm keeping up with things a bit, but it all seems kind of far away. <laughs> and you, you wake up in the morning and you say, what's on for today? Well, painting, actually. Or maybe I'll have a nice walk later. Or maybe I'll get together with one of the other artists later on. But your day is, it's very idyllic. That's all I can say. And, and they, I think a lot of times artists are pushing, pushing, pushing all the time in their regular lives. I know I do. It's a bit of a, it's a, it's a hard thing to make a career as an artist and you work very hard. And when do you actually take a vacation? And in a way, these are working vacations in the sense that when you go on a vacation, you kind of don't worry so much about the rest of your obligations in life. And that's what it does for me. So some R&R really is one of the reasons to do it. And um, I mentioned the other artists there and typically uh, wherever the residency takes place, there'll be some artists there from that country. But you'll also meet probably people from other countries, depending again on how big it is. Um, and so that is an amazing experience. I mean, to sit down with people from Egypt or somebody from South America and talk about their work and their life in their country, and they ask you about it, and you compare cultures and you compare art experiences and things. And I always say, art just transcends whatever boundaries you may feel in your ordinary life in terms of age or gender or anything. You're you're just a few people in a special place, and you're going to talk and you're going to learn from each other. And I find it profound. It's just wonderful. Another thing I really love about them is that besides being in this little bubble, the people that run the place are people that understand what artists are all about. You know, they, they kind of understand your needs and... Well, they've made a profession out of catering to artists. They cater to artists. Now, when does that happen? You know, like, <laughs> the, I mean, in the best of these places, they're kind of saying to you, well, what do you need in order to make this work for you? And there's so much respect and there's so much understanding. And you can talk about what you're doing very freely with the other people there uh, because they're in the same position. And you don't feel like you're talking another language or that you're boasting or anything. It's like they're all accomplished artists. And you don't have to pull back a little bit. As I, I do a lot in, in normal life, I kind of don't talk about a lot about what I do because it feels like it's probably not connecting with people. But you're with 
a group of people that you're absolutely going to connect over these things. And they're, and you're going to learn things and they'll say, Oh, try this or that. Or have you seen this website or this? They'll talk about other residencies, which is fun because most people that do one residency will do more. <laughs> and they'll say, Oh, I went to this one in Greece and here's what it was like. And you're saying, Hmm, okay, I'm going to check that one out. You know, so it's a networking thing as well. And I think just a couple other things that I feel are really important. I mentioned that it generates ideas for future work. And I think a lot of times people go, I did, you know, in the beginning thinking this, this is a time to produce a body of work, right? Uh, sort of, but I think the most valuable thing is that you're, you're collecting ideas and you're collecting imagery, maybe from photos or sketches and you're experiencing things. So these are resources that you can use, you can bring back with you and yes. use later. And even if it's all just memories in your head, you're bringing it back and it can spark ideas and work for years afterwards. And that's a perspective you don't have until you do it, really. I think, um, to me, the idea of requiring a specific project is not as appealing as the residencies where they say, do what you want, because you don't know till you get there. You've never been in the place. And maybe you get there and you find a certain location there that you love and you want to work with that idea or something. And you wouldn't have known that because travel's all about surprises, right? And and when you go to a place, a residency, you're going to have a lot of solitude, which is fabulous. You're also probably going to have some opportunities to travel around the region wherever you are. And presuming it's something you're not familiar with, then you're going to find, you're going to make discoveries. And it it's a way of solo travel, really. When I'm in Ireland, for example, I just, I'm always out walking and I'm finding things. And Or if somebody has a car and they say, well, let's go to this other little village or something. It's like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds really interesting. And so there's so many opportunities like that. It is a form of travel, really. So, so do you prefer to to go on your own? Or I know that Dad has gone with you a couple times. I never have, but um. well, he's and he's not actually stayed at a residency. We've we've traveled to the place or after the place, but people do bring spouses. I it's interesting. I've been told more than once. I wanted to bring my spouse, but I feel that it's a little distracting because. The thing about solo travel or solo experiences is you you are allowed to be completely self-centered, right? You don't have to think about what someone else wants to do today. And so I I love the solo aspect. I do invite friends sometimes if it's a residency where I have a, an extra bed. That's okay. That's going to be a few days or something. And they're going to be off doing their own thing they, while you're trying yeah. to work. And so. even if they don't have a car, as long as they respect that I'm going to be doing my work time and then maybe later we'll have a walk and eat and stuff like that, that's fine. But I wouldn't want to give my whole time over to sharing the experience. And I guess I'm happily selfish in that regard. <laughs> well, it's uh, in some ways, this is, I mean, it is work time for you. It is an opportunity to be productive. It's it, in some ways it's a vacation. Um, but, uh, vacation is also 
about uh, kind of recharging and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you the the focus of the residency has to be on your work in one yeah. way or another. No, I think I think you're right. And I think that is the the conflict that people experience when they have extended stays from other people is they want the other person to be happy and they want them to be entertained. And even if the, the spouse is off all day on their own, they're still... I know sometimes people won't, will say, well, I don't know what we're doing this evening or something. Other people are going to the pub. Well, I'll have to see if my spouse wants to do that, that kind of thing. It's 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 wonderful to share these experiences. And that's the part of it that I get, you know, that you have somebody to talk about it all with. But I think most artists at their core have that need for solitude and that need for self-focus. Well, and I think that, like, just kind of personality-wise, um, I think that you're a person who is eager to please other people. And if there's other people who are there, then your focus becomes pleasing other yeah, people rather yeah. than you're right. your own work. How do you know this about me? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, for somebody who is is able to uh, establish those boundaries a little bit easier and say, hey, no, this is my time. Yeah. This is my time. I'm here right. for me. You know, yeah. uh, it might be a little bit easier to have I guess other people it, it there. It totally does depend on the individual, but it's something to ask yourself if you're thinking about this. Um, well, and you need to be honest with yourself about yeah. where, you know, how you draw boundaries with other people and how it is that you're going to get the most out of this. Yeah. And even within the residency, even if you go by yourself, um, drawing those boundaries. And, and it's very common when there are other artists at a place and somebody will say, uh, somebody's trying to get a group together to go to the pub or do something, and somebody will say, "No, I'm going to work today," and everybody just totally gets it. You know, it's just. But you have to be able to know that's what I want to do. That's you know, that's my boundary. So, um, well, and time is always precious and very precious. And yeah. you only have how, how long do, are these residences? Normally? Well, they vary, of course, like everything else. I would say for me. The minimum is three weeks because the uh, first week or so, especially in a new place, you're kind of getting used to the place itself, settling in, gathering ideas, and then you want some solid work time. And the last couple days, you're starting to kind of wind down and think you're leaving and all that. So minimum, I prefer longer. And I've had them for as long as six weeks. And that's fabulous. I mean, you just really relax into it. Although I always notice at the beginning, it seems so endless. You have all this time because you're not used to having so much time just for your work. And it goes by and it goes by pretty fast. And all of a sudden you say, oh no, it's about to end. You know. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you have like a project that you're supposed to be producing on this residency, yeah. you know, you have a very limited production time to be working. Like you say, the first week, maybe you're not as focused on the work. Yeah. And so after that first week, you have to have enough time to actually complete what you're trying yeah. to complete. And people, people vary a lot about how they use the time. And there are people that spend most all their time just out gathering ideas and photographing and things. And other people kind of skitter along the surface for a while. I think I'm one of those. Like, I will start working right away, but I'm kind of not as deeply involved. I usually look at the things I did the first few days and think, what was that? You know, but um, the deeper you go and then you're, you're starting to get in really deep and then you realize it's just about to end. So, but that's also the, a good time to remember that you take the ideas home with you. So, uh, I think whatever you can spare is good. I, most of them would not be less than two weeks, I would say. Yeah. And most people can't walk away from everything else that they have in their life for six weeks. Right. 
Yeah, and, and there are some that are that are longer, that are months or even a year, and those are absolutely different thing that I have not experienced myself. But um, so when you're when you're thinking about if you're thinking about trying one of these, we mentioned a couple things to think about. Like, do you want to try to to bring a partner? Uh, do you prefer what sort of setting? Do you prefer urban or rural, large or small? Um, foreign or domestic really because the, i mean we live here in the US there are lots of them here i assume that's true all the countries have them and they're going to be accepting people from their own country as well so if you're not up for foreign travel that's okay you can find one in your own country um think about do you need any special equipment or what you're going to be working with because you have to think about that ahead I think it's a good idea to kind of travel light, try not to take, you know, your whole studio, <laughs> think about a limited uh, number of supplies. But if you need something like a printmaking press, you know, that's going to be uh, one of the fact, one of the filters you can put on your search. Is, yeah, you're not going to carry one on an airplane. No. So. <laughs> but you, but there are absolutely are facilities where you can have a kiln, or you can have a press. So you, you can, you can search those out. Um, sometimes, you know, I've done several artist residencies with a friend, uh, Jan Mason Steves, who is also an artist. So, um, when we do them together, it's very interesting. I like to go with her and we, we would each have our own, uh, place to live on the, in, within the residency. We would each have our own studio, but having a friend can be a thing that makes it more comfortable and fun. So do you apply for the the residency together and say separately? No. Separately. I think most of them they you would have to apply separately. You have to both be accepted. And so So if your friend didn't get in and you did, would you still go? Um I think that hasn't come up, but um I don't know. <laughs> I guess I would. Yeah, I mean it wouldn't be dependent on having a friend, but I enjoy having a friend. Um the ones we've been on have been the more remote ones. Um, there's one in Ireland called Kilrelly, and it is uh, kind of these little stone huts on the edge of the sea. And it was nice to have a friend there. And uh, another one that we went to was in Sweden. Again, quite isolated and remote and only two uh, accommodations, only two artists at a time. So it was definitely nice to have somebody to have dinner with and talk and, and take walks with and things like that. So that's another thing to consider if you're a little hesitant about doing this alone. Um, financial considerations, you got to think about whether you're okay with paying something or whether you want to seek the ones that are fully funded. And those fully funded ones are going to be much harder to get. And when I say fully funded, there are some that would pay all your expenses. Um there are some that won't pay your travel, but once you get there, you're taken care of. And there are some where you have to pay some small amount to be there. So you have to think about where you're at with, with all of that. Think about your schedule. Can you be flexible? If you need a certain time, you got to plan way ahead because these places may take up to a year to decide even if they're, if you got in. So um, ideally, you can jump on it when they say yes and be gone in a few months, but realize that many of them are are pretty backed up with their applications. And in terms of time, too, a lot of people say, I can't do that right now. I have um, kids at home or I have an aging parent or something. And I totally understand that. But you know the first time I went, you guys were 
um, 11 and 14, I believe. So in this case, you know, I have a really supportive family. <laughs> uh, but I think, I think those kind of things are worth questioning. If you feel right away, I can't do that, I have family obligations. Think a little bit past that. Think, uh, what if I did a two-week one and I, I got it all covered? I get other people to help me or something. And the first time I went was two weeks. And it worked, you know, it really did. And so, uh, you know, don't don't back off too soon from it. Think about it a little bit. And you can always do something a little bit more short-term in that kind of situation. Right. Or you, you could do short-term, you could do more local. You wouldn't have to leave the country. You could get one in the U.S. And you, or, well, I'm speaking as somebody who lives here, but in your own country where if something happened, you could get back home pretty quickly, that sort of thing. Some of them, you can bring your families and children. So um, that... That is true at Bell and Glen, where I've gone so often. So, um, and I think just a few tips as we're kind of wrapping up, if you're interested in looking into this more, you have one in mind. They usually list all their participants over the years. And I've had people email me, and you can do this, say, how did it go? Was it well run? I've heard some bad stories about a few. So make sure that it's a it's a good one. It's got good accommodations, and it's um it's it's going to suit you. Um, and um, I think that's you do a little background checking. That's a that's a good tip. So um, that's that's my experience with them. And I think there's a lo- also a lot of information online. You can a lot of people have written blogs about when they've been at a certain place. So if you Googled the name of the residency, you'd probably get some pretty personal experiences that people have written up. So uh, would you mind going over just for a couple minutes, like the residencies that you've actually done sure. and maybe make some suggestions for our listeners in terms of ones that they might want to start with? Yeah. So the first one I did was in um, the Catalonia region of Spain. Um, it's called the Center for Art and Nature. It's up in the Pyrenees. Fabulous place. I absolutely loved it. And I've been there twice. And just re- recently during the great house clean out that we've been doing, I've come across some photographs and things from there and I'm starting to get this urge to go back so there are places that I want to go back to sometimes it's it's kind of a balancing act between do you want to try something new or do you go back to these places that you love but I highly recommend that one I did one in the United States at the Serenby community outside of Atlanta that was really interesting it was a beautiful studio um, but it wasn't to me, I, I do like to go to other countries, so it didn't really have that appeal of uh, the foreign travel. Uh, the one in Sweden I mentioned with, with Jan, a uh, beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, if you go in early spring, early summer, be prepared for snow. We were not. <laughs> um, and the rest of them that I've done have all been in Ireland. So the first one was at the Tyrone Guthrie Center which is in Monaghan, County Monaghan, north of Dublin. And this was a very large one. There were probably 20 residents there of all different creative disciplines. And it was extremely interesting to be around all these different creative people. And the the next one I did was the one in Kilraelig that I mentioned on the wild coast, the Kerry coast in Ireland. And then many times now, I think it's it's six going on seven times, that I've been to the Bowen Glen Arts Foundation in County Mayo. And I love it. 
absolutely love it. Every time I go, I find new things. I find deeper connections. I find new places to explore. I never get tired of it. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. Did you have anything else to say? Uh, Just one last thought. Um, These residencies are the single best thing I've ever done for myself as an artist. <laughs> I just want to I just want to put it out there that this is absolutely life-changing. Okay. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>